What is good? What's good, everybody? This is Live from Iowa, episode brought to you by Aero, a cryptocurrency that is truly private form of digital cash. Aero believes that privacy is a fundamental human right, and in a world where your financial data is increasingly valuable and being collected and used by corporations for their own profit, Aero aims to put private transactions back in the hands of the people. Check them out at aerochain.io. What is good? This is Dale. This is live from Iowa, like I've said three times. <laughs> it's the only podcast that's not actually live with the name in it and the only podcast from Iowa that matters. It very well might be the only podcast from Iowa. I am joined, as always, by NCN, but we'll call her Nick. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's already got the giggles. We're 30 <laughs> seconds in. This is great. This is I'm great. excited. So what's, what's good with you? Um, today was a crazy day with um, Twitter stuff. Did you see all my stuff? Yeah. I posted a lot. Yeah. Oh my God. You were like on fire. Giving me a seizure with how much you were posting. Yeah. And everybody loved it. See, it's about them interactions. It was, it was good. You, you did not. I did. We did. You it. saw it. The realistically, we have you muted, so um, <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm not surprised. I'm that not was surprised. LD that was chiming in. What's up, homie? What's up, man? Been a, an interesting day for me again, trying to work my way through this meal plan and workout program. Just getting yoked, it's like, yeah, uh, yoked. No, he only does egg whites. Yep, yeah, eight that's egg whites. Point. Twenty, egg, 20 almonds. Twenty almonds. <laughs> that's so my dinner. Sit and count them out. It. Man, I did. Yeah, yeah. Choose one at a I time, do. real see, slow. I do. See, my mm -hmm. problem would be, I'd be like, okay, twenty, nineteen. <laughs> you just 20, throw them. <laughs> twenty. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's all right, man. It's I'm it'll all it. pay out, you know. It'll yeah. all pay out. So sure. we're gonna be joined later in the show with uh, Dirty Dan. His name is Dan from Twitter. Um, he's great. We're going to talk kind of about uh, some addiction issues he's had in the past, some uh, uh, substance abuse stuff, kind of go down that path. And then we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about technology as he's got that techie background being in systems admin. But, uh, but before we do that, we're going to jump right into crypto update. Market's kind of been, uh, kind of been pooey along with NASDAQ and everything else, big fear of this coronavirus, which by the way, we're going to have Doc Trog in later. We, uh, it's a new segment we're going to do and we'll just have that later. I'm not, I don't want to spill the beans too much. Let's just, yeah, I don't, don't want to spoil the beans too much. Uh, so the crypto updates brought to you by LuxCore. LuxCore is empowering people by developing products like LuxGate, a trustless peer-to-peer -peer decentralized exchange. Find out more at LuxCore.io. So Nick, Yes. What are we starting with? Um, God. You don't even winners know. Are, winners, winners are losers. losers. I, mean, I know. I know sakes. that that's what it is, but it's like the same two effing choices each week. Which one's your favorite? We need more options. Okay. Are we going with the ones that have gained more or gained less? I like it. I'm going to accept that. I'd like to hear about those that have gained less. Okay. So coming in so we did again these are the top five weekly winners and losers um these are noted at 10 15 a.m central standard time so if they're not the same don't 
yell at us, all right? So Super Zero, which has the ticker of Cero, is was down 27.43. Adios Kunin, like seriously. ADK is its ticker down 37.32. <laughs> Project Pi, which its ticker is Pi, is down 40.08 or pay. I don't know. Block Stamp, BST, uh, that's down 43.96. And then the top loser of the week is Molecular Future, MOF, down 45.5%. Note, though, that is coming off its all-time high. Um, so that could be a little misleading. It's got a 50.4 million market cap, 100 million supply. It's a one-stop digital asset investment service platform jointly invested by a shit ton of uh, investment <laughs> groups that I don't feel like reading them all off. So that, that brings us to the winners, Ultra is up 18.7%. Reserve rights, which its ticker is RSR, is up 18.75. Uh, Kyber Network, which is KNC, is up 20.71. TTC is up 21.26. And BHEX token, which was on our top five winners last week, mind you, was the top, the weekly winner at 72.41%. That's uh, 23.7 million market cap, 1.6 billion supply. And it is like the BNB of BHEX trading platform. So it's just a exchange token that was issued. Uh, the check weekly check-ins Bitcoin is down 8.94% at 8,831. Ethereum's at 230, down 1378 on the week. Ripple, Nick's favorite bag as always, <laughs> uh, is 23 cents down 12.32%. Bitcoin Damn. Cash. Bitcoin Cash, yeah, is uh, 330. $330 down 12.95%. And for the record, I printed those off and I forgot to click color. So you guys are lucky that I remembered them all. Okay. The check-ins. Oh. You know what I'm saying? What, yeah. uh, anything else on the crypto update, guys? No, but I want to like sing through this segment. So it's just a little bit more like fun. You want to sing? You know, like, can we do like a background vocal while you read this shit off? Here, next time. This or is I need you to like do it in an accent. Can you like, you need to pep this up a little. Here, hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you what I'll play. Um, well, you got I'll play something? this next time. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that actually would make it more exciting, I feel. Rounding corner number two is Ultra, <laughs> up 18.7%, yes. followed by Reserve Rights, RSR, at 18.75. Here's Cyber Network making a move. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. I'm so excited. Like, that's, I want to hear it. That's better. that's better. Oh, my God. It's so much better. All right. Now we know what we're doing next week. Yes. Thank you. Um, Mailbag. No. For you people listening, you need to send us some damn questions. We got one. Luckily, we got one. So, Nick, <laughs> maybe they'll listen to you because they aren't listening to me. I mean, I literally like bitched online and, and then people just started asking me questions right there on the tweet. So no one actually emailed. I don't know what they're afraid of with the email, but... um, This one was chosen. It was, what's your favorite aquatic animal land animal and flight animal and i just want to thank that person for caring first mm -hmm. off yeah what any of my favorite animals are you know so thank you ld you want to answer it first i like dogs dogs <laughs> well land there's, animal. there's three 
questions. You just you're like that guy that they're like, um, One, two, no, three, they're dogs. like. So if we add or hold on, hold on, I got to think of a question here. They're like, um, what's seven times seven? And LD's like, yes. <laughs> Okay. All right. Land animal. <laughs> All right. So aquatic for me, aquatic animal is definitely shark. Land animal is probably a cheetah, and flight animal is a bald eagle. Like, you're not messing with any of those. Thank you. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. More Are you impressed? Music. That was. I am. You're very sure of yourself. I like Ooh. that. So do you want to rethink it here, LD? Yeah, I, I read that question a little differently. Like, do I, pre- do I prefer aquatic animals, oh. land animals, or flight animals? You added words to the question. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it legitly is, what's your favorite number one aquatic animal? Question mark. Number two, land animal. Question mark. Yeah, I actually interpreted it a little different, too, now. You've got three... You got. I mean, I see what you see. answers. But, but I mean, not I, I which feel do like, you like more? Yeah, that's how I read it, though. Well, why is your answer dogs? Because that wasn't even an option. Well, it's a land, a land animal. animal. Yeah, but then you would pick land animals. Do you like aqua animals? I, I, I like... wanted. I wanted to be a little more specific about my. Someone land get animal. Nick a Snickers. Listen. Yeah, she seems a little hangry, doesn't she? <laughs> All right, my favorite aquatic animal. There we go. Um, shark. Yeah. Uh, land it. animal, dog. Flight animal. That just cracks me up. Anyway. Flying like, dog. Like flight animal. Um, a flying squirrel. Oh. All right, Nick. What's yours? Okay, aquatic animal. I like. Um, sea otters and oh I like God. seal lion pups because they're so cute and I like dolphins harp seals are also really cute we didn't All ask right. for a top five I like five. whales <laughs> alright next segment next segment <laughs> jeez um <laughs> uh, land animal I like all the cats not real cats not like cat cats but like panthers cats. No, like the you're like I like cats, but not cats. Cats, but cats. Right, like the real cats. Okay. 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 And then, um, flight animal. I like hummingbirds, and I like Atlantic puffins, and I like um, the songbirds. They're like bohemian. Hey, LD. Yeah. On the Mm -hmm. script, on the question, do you see (laughs) animals or animal? I, I already got I got I got chastised for that already. I just see animal. Me too. I, I had a hard time picking just Nick's one. out here giving her top fifteen on each of them. I'm doing top five best and worst. <laughs> mm. Just sing you know. it then. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Well that's that then, guys. Yeah, so fun. good list. LD, where can they send the uh mailbag questions? They can send questions to mailbag at livefromiowa.com. Speaking of, our website will be out soon too, so check, keep checking that yeah. out. Very soon. Very soon. You've been holding your horses. Yeah. Speaking of horses. Land animal. Land animal. Favorite. Your favorite? That was just outside my top 300. 300. 
Ah, uh-huh. ha, Not a horse fan right here. Yeah. No, they bite. They're stupid. Yeah. We got uh, we got any in real life news? We do that have we need some, to tell, share. We do have some in real life news. Let's hear it. Okay, well, this is for all the bros with a V that are out on crypto Stupid Twitter because I see them post about this stuff. So it's this is for the dudes. Claire Crawley is due to be the Bachelorette. This is going to be her fifth time appearing on the show. Um, she's from Juan's season. I don't know if that's Juan's? even really his name. He was a dude. I do remember that. I just Juan Pablo. Again. Was Say it, it again. Was it Juan? What's his name? Juan Pablo. Is that that was his name? Juan. Juan. <laughs> Juan. Why do you use so much throat when you say that? Juan. No one ever complains. So, so I'm a I'm a bachelor bachelorette fan. Not scared to admit it. Is this confirmed with her? I I saw Reality Steve said this. So it is confirmed. But who is Reality Steve? Oh my God, that'll be a whole nother show. All right. Well, there's that. And then uh, CT is also aware of Steven Spielberg's porn star daughter. Um, she was arrested. I think it was on Sunday um, on suspicion of domestic violence after a fight with her 47 year old fiance. Yikes. Yeah. Gross. Okay. She's 24. Um, she said that once she obtains her sex worker license, she's hoping to land a job as a stripper. And, huh. um, She's currently employed by herself, producing self-porn videos, solo porn videos. So that's fun. Um, Steven Spielberg, I'm sure, is extremely proud. So, I mean, she probably has the filming in her blood, so good for her. She (laughs) probably gets some good angles. She's an adopted daughter. She's adopted, but yeah. Excuse me. Did you say that? No. Okay. I remember, I'm just a big dumb hick from Iowa. I never forget. Um, Post Malone um, stated the reason why he had so many tattoos on his face because he didn't like the way that he looked. He thought that he was ugly. And some of the stuff that's on his face, I've never really looked at it, but I guess there's like phrases. Um, always tired. <laughs> Stay mm-hmm. away. Same. <laughs> but I know like, what is that? Um Ugly or not, he's got some good songs. I mean, he's very talented. And honestly, I was looking, trying to look through the tattoos as I was uh, reading the article to see what he... I don't think he looks... that. I think the tattoos make him look bad. Wow. I was trying to kind of see the canvas underneath, you know? Interesting. Because we really are mean to ourselves. Yeah, so we're always our biggest critic. He probably thinks he's not attractive, but, you know, maybe he is. I don't know. So... And there's other things, but we can move on if you'd like. That was a lot. What's the next one? Like the the next news. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Kanye West invited his guests to his, um, it was a fashion week in Paris, and he was doing his Yeezy show. um, And he sent invites out with a dozen rattlesnake eggs and sage. Disgusting. Isn't that crazy? Well, can you imagine getting that? And then his daughter uh, made her rap debut um, at the fashion Northy? show. Yeah, that's what she called herself, Northy. And she was like, cool, cute, yeah. Huh. <laughs> she, it was cute. Okay. That's the news. That's the news. Uh, quick sports update. 
Clippers owner is nearing a deal to buy the forum. So I don't know how many know know this that uh, the Clippers play at the same place that the Lakers do. So this would be a big move to kind of separate themselves from that. Looking like it's going to happen, but I uh, don't know. In the Brady saga, he's you know Tom Brady. It's looking like the teams he's going to sign with are the Patriots, Chargers, Titans, or the Bucks. And then Antonio Brown and Brady talk on the daily. And they, you know, one of them was said that they want to actually play together. So be kind of leery for that. Uh, everyone's aware of this Astros cheating scandal. Um, through set five games in spring training, they've been plunked. They've had seven batters get plunked, which to me, you know, wait until the regular season and then just plunk them. Uh, but whatever. And then there's people are wondering if there's going to be, you know, the Olympics are the summer summer games. And there's talk with the coronavirus that uh, uh, they might, they don't know what's going to happen. So that uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Antonio Brown, is he that bad guy? He's that bad. Well, is he the bad guy that got like kicked off the team? Yeah. Okay. Why is Tom Brady? It's all right. They think you can change him probably because they aren't eating at Whataburger. (sighs) That's your, sport, that's your sports update. This week's product review is Whataburger. And um, we're going to go ahead and play the clip of myself and my son uh, trying a burger for the first time. Okay, T and I are sitting down with our... Oh, there's a pickle on top. Do you want that? No, neither. Okay. All right, so we're going to take our bites. I got the what a cheeseburger with bacon. Tea money. Tea money. What'd you get? Uh, A regular hamburger with some uh, mayo on it. A burger with mayo. What a a mayo burger. What a mayo burger. Clever. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Roll. Take a bite. That's pretty good. (laughs) This probably isn't, dude. It's just a burger with mayonnaise on it. Usually. Is it good? You gotta have, like, lettuce and mustard. I have you got. Okay, well, I think I would I still prefer what elsewhere. We have, we have to try the fries. Who cares about the fries? All right. It's pretty decent. But that place is anxiety-inducing. Like, the machines outside didn't look like they were going to actually work. So we parked and went inside. And that was a big mistake. So, not bad. I still like Five Guys better. All right, so we're doing a little corner with Doc Trog on Twitter's his name. And for this episode, Doc has coronavirus. Hey, this is uh, Doc Trog. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TrogMD. And uh, I'm going to come and bring you uh, some latest info on coronavirus, hopefully. Um, and the goal here is to not spread panic, but instead to uh, just make sure that everybody is prepared. Um, so there's some good news and bad news about uh, coronavirus. We'll start with bad. Um, and that is that... Unfortunately, we don't know a whole lot. Um, the coronavirus is still uh, spreading, and we don't know exactly 
uh, how it's spread when it gets through the air. We think that it could be on surfaces. Um, we don't know exactly when it's contagious. And uh, that's the kind of scary stuff with it. Um, something else is that we haven't tested a whole lot of people in the United States. Uh, other countries obviously have a lot more cases than we do. And that's partly because just haven't had right uh, materials to run tests in the United States. Um, the last reported data is that we've run, or the CDC has run less than 500 uh, tests um, compared to like South Korea, who's tested 100,000 people already. So that could be um, just a, an indicator that we don't know exactly what's going on in our cities. But, uh, the good news, what, what's the good news? Um, good news is in China, at least, it looks like cases are declining. Um, today, uh, as time of this recording, there was 200, about 200 cases uh, reported, which is the lowest day in over a month now. Um, also, uh, our testing is getting better. As today, all the uh, states in the United States have the ability to run their own tests, have to rely on the CDC completely anymore. And um, and also it looks like the virus is possibly preventable uh, like any other viruses would be. Uh, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Say that enough, don't touch your face. That's one of the first things you learn uh, working in the hospital is if you touch your face, that's how you get sick. That's how you, you, you give yourself viruses or whatever. Um, and then avoiding close contact with people that are sick. So if your coworkers are, are sick, you send them home. Uh, this is the same precautions we take for the flu uh, every year. Um, also, it doesn't look like kids are getting it for some, we saw this with SARS, uh, but with uh, coronavirus, uh, just not a whole lot of kids. Um, in fact, um, of all the deaths, there's been no kids under 10 that have died, and all of the cases reported in kids seem like they're mild. Um, most of the deaths, about 80% of the reported, are people over 80. So, unfortunately, um, for young and healthy, we tend to have better immune systems, and it looks like without major medical problems, uh, you can um, hopefully get over it if you do become contagious. Um, and that's kind of back to the bad news. See, I was just kind of saying that we do expect that there will be widespread disease in the United States, or at least pockets of it in, in major metropolitan areas. So uh, just be prepared. Get You don't need to think stock up on 50 uh, pallets of toilet paper and bottled water from Costco, um, but be prepared to stay home, take time off work, stay away from your family, uh, get sanitizer and soap and things, uh, to, to be able to wash your hands and protect people around you. Um, but uh, yeah, no need to panic. Just take normal precautions that we want to be doing all the time anyway. Well, that's all I got. You can find me again, uh, Twitter at TrogMD if you have any other questions. Um, uh, like in crypto, do your own research. Uh, don't take anything at face value, especially if you're getting your news from Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Back to you guys. All right. We are joined with Dirty Dan, the man himself. Dan, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hi. Hey. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for taking the time and joining us here. Let's, uh, okay, first question we have to get, everyone's dying to know. What's so dirty about Dan that makes him dirty Dan? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the story is actually, well, I mean, it's not really a story. It's more of a thing that just kind of fucking followed me everywhere. Um, I can cuss, right? Yes, yeah. please. Okay, good, because that's, that's how I talk. Good. Um, 
I, when I, I lived in Texas for a time period and in Texas, they call it the dirty South. If you're into hip hop and all those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, everybody was giving each other nicknames and stuff. And I had a thing about sleeping with women. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and also back then when I was partying and stuff and, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later more trying um, illicit substances. Mm. Um, I'd be the first one to take it and ask what it was. And so like, mm-hmm. they were kind of like, Oh, that's kind of dirty. Like what the fuck? So um, they started calling me like dirty Dan and it just kind of stuck with me and it, and it, uh, it followed me around. Women would know me as that and still sleep with me, which I thought was really weird. Um, and then <laughs> I moved to, bakersfield and i and i had some friends come visit me from texas and when they called me dirty dan in front of other people they're like oh shit you know snap that's cool so that followed me and then when i want to move down to la uh, i kind of had to give my story to people and like they snapped onto it too and um it's just always stuck with me i think now people joke that i'm like dignified dan because i got a wife and kids you're like dignified so. dirty dan yeah, you're Dignified so dirty. dirty or daddy Dan. You're, I prefer whoa. that one. It's kind of like once you get that title, you know, you just can't ever lose it. No, so, dirty forever. Dirty forever. Yeah, dirty forever. And uh, I think there's there's probably more when you guys ask me questions that'll kind of stick to. Yeah. So. With me. I mean, let's just jump right in. I don't know if you know you on. Um, on Twitter, you're open about it. And by the way, his Twitter is at D1RTYDan. Um, you you talked about, what was it, last week maybe? I think you said you were however many years sober. I can't remember the number. Ten. Um, ten, that's what I thought. So first off, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's yeah, absolutely. Really, really proud of you for that. And I, I think I told, messaged you and told you that. Thank but you. Uh, <laughs> let's just talk a little bit about it. You know, something that, that I think is really taking, especially the United States by storm is maybe some substance abuse. And when I say substance abuse, I don't mean like smoking weed. Um, you know, I'm in the Midwest and I know, is it f- fentanyl? Is that, mm-hmm. that's kind of fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl. Yeah. The big thing now around here. And it's really, it's a really dangerous drug and it's, um, you know, it, it's killing a lot of people. So let's just kind of talk about your prior drug use um, and then you're, you, you know, you're kind of road to recovery. Yeah, that'd be mind. cool. I mean, yeah, I don't mind doing that. I've, <laughs> I've had, uh, um, I participate in, uh, recovery communities and stuff like that. And I've had to give my story and I could do a whole nother hour on that. But a summary of all those things is, you know, I started when I was really young, I think, and I can give, I can give some stories about it. And I was all—I always felt like really different as a kid. I'm sure we all do. I felt like a, I was an alien just placed on um, planet Earth and I didn't belong to anybody. My parents were Ukrainian. They didn't speak English. So when they spoke Ukrainian back when we were walking around, I think the grocery store was Alpha Beta. Um, you know, it embarrassed the hell out of me. And I'd always feel different. When I got a headache, I'd ask my mom for Tylenol. She's like, oh, here's two. And I'm like, nah, I need four because my shit is messed up. You know, and I always had this personality, like uh, eating Cap'n Crunch till the roof of my mouth was all tore up every morning, spinning around on the playground, making myself dizzy because it felt good. And what I learned was it was really just about escape. I grew up in a really abusive 
household that was emotionally abusive. I had a million dads, depending on who my mom brought home that day. And um, it wasn't it wasn't a healthy environment for somebody like me. You know, I hung out with older people. And, um, you know, the first time I got drunk, um, my, my parents being Ukrainian, they, uh, they drank vodka all the time, but on special occasions, it was cognac. And I remember going, um, I had my friend over, they had left somewhere. We were both like eight and I opened up, uh, the freezer to get some chicken strips. And I saw this big blue bottle of sky vodka. And I was like, Oh, my family drinks that they enjoy doing that. It makes them happy. Let's try it. My friend's like, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, where did they find out? I'm like, well, we'll put water into it. They won't tell the difference. I'm like eight, nine years old, like, you know, already mm-hmm. manipulating the system. Um, and the difference that I knew in me and him was, you know, we ended up taking uh, shot glasses down and we took shots and, uh, after a couple shots, I felt it, you know, it was this warm feeling got in my stomach and all of a sudden, like everything was okay. Like it felt like I had a towel that was twisted really, 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 really tightly in me all the time. And I was always on edge. It felt like that finally got loose. And the difference between me and this kid or me being an, you know, addictive personality in him was that, you know, he's like, Oh, I had two, I feel okay. And I, it was like, well, if two feels this good, I wonder how much better seven will feel, you know? And that was my first blackout at like eight or nine years old. Um, and just to fast forward, like uh, it was, it, it was a lot of partying, you know? Um, and it was a lot of fun. Like I did it cause it was fun. I, by 13, I had uh, Jesus done methamphetamine, uh, ecstasy, yeah. pills, stuff like just trying it, you know, at parties and stuff like that. Um, by like 15 i had smoked crack jesus uh, oh like and that yeah that's no fun um it's fun for the 30 seconds and then you know and then by my 20s it was like it, as it evolved it was like more problems and less partying it was more and more problems it got more and more difficult and i think for me and what a lot of people do is you know they get started on this stuff to escape something right you're all escaping something. And then if you have that addictive personality or behavior, you just kind of embrace it. And it's like, in my mind, it was like, why were you people keeping this from me? Like my parents and everybody else, like this is the only thing that makes me feel okay. And like at a young age, I told myself, this is something I'm going to pursue my whole life. And, you know, at 20 years old, um, you know, a close friend of mine was, uh, was taken from me and that was my excuse to just cross an invisible line I think you would call it where you know there were times where there's days or weeks I didn't do anything or smoke weed or anything like that um but that was just like every day after that for six years it was just a downward spiral I you know I ended up in a rehabilitation facility um in a rehab um because you know I was uh doing methamphetamine to wake up oxycontin injecting heroin xanax a fistful to go to sleep and you know a fifth on top of it like i should not be alive today is basically you know where that goes the extent of that and i don't paint that to glorify it uh it's just where it was you know um and i you know i tried uh cut my wrist in a blackout i woke up and didn't remember doing it there was blood on the ground i didn't go deep enough i just a lot of dark things, yeah. you know, <clears throat> if we're going to go there. And, yeah. um, 
I, uh, I finally couldn't do it anymore. And I kind of gave myself over to the care of uh, different recovery communities. And, you know, I won't go too much into detail with that, but what I discovered was a lot of things. And for me personally, it was, um, I had this deep, deep desire for something bigger than me, you know, spirituality, call it what you want. Some people call it God. Some people call it these other things. I was never religious. I was like raised Catholic. And I think, you know, my, I used to fall over and like as a kid and skin my knee and my grandma would be like, Oh, that's God punishing you for not cleaning your room. And I'm like, what bitch? Like, that's not right. <laughs> you know, I'm not Jeez. into that. Like, yeah, no kidding. So I just kind of, um, I embraced this and I, and I started realizing that and, and the, the real message here. And I hope with that question is, um, you know, I realized I was my biggest problem. I played a victim. I blamed everybody for my circumstances and situations. I never mm -hmm. took responsibility or owned up to the things that I did, the people I stole from, the, the horrible things, the people I hurt. Uh, I never owned, owned up to them and I blamed everybody else. And as soon as I started taking responsibility for my actions and pointing out that all these issues, you know, the abusive childhood happened you know, 16 years ago prior to me getting into recovery, um, why am I still using over it? My friend died six years before that. Why am I still using that as an excuse to keep doing that? Yeah. And, you know, that was the beginning. And I had to, what I feel, I feel like each and every one of us in this world has a kind of a spiritual bank account. It's just my personality, personal belief. And every day we go throughout, we go throughout the day and we either take debits or credits, you know, sometimes we give back to it and sometimes we take, and I just kept taking and taking and taking until I was so deep in the red that I had to make up for it. So I started helping other people, started helping other addicts and alcoholics, started giving back to the community. Um, and basically, you know, clean house, trust God and don't be a dick. Love it. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> I love it. That's a great story. Incredible Thank story. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I got like goosebumps during some of that dance. So that's pretty cool. But one question, do you think, you know, you, you see this kind of played out on TV and maybe not on TV per se, but, mm -hmm. you know, how hard was it for yourself to realize you were like an addict? Because, you know, I think, I think that would be really, really hard. It was hard. It was because somewhere deep inside, you know, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you know, but you're bearing it. You're, you're covering it with, you know, mounds of alcohol or drugs. And you're telling yourself, I'm, I'm not hurting anybody else. It's just me. Why do you care? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not, it, it, it's none of that. So you know, I had to get to a point for me where I was so badly beaten down. Like nobody could tell me, like it wasn't my aunts and uncles. It wasn't my friends. It wasn't the ex-girlfriends. Everybody could say it to my face, but it wasn't until I saw it for myself or like a moment of clarity. And what it was really was that um, I realized I couldn't do this anymore by myself and that I was going to die. And I took advantage of that because it doesn't last long. The ego comes back very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yep. The ego comes back and goes, oh, uh, I've been clean about a week. I look good yeah. now. You know, you're I'm not growing up and yeah. you're fine. You can just keep going this way. So you have to get beaten down, I think, to the point where um, you're willing to try anything. 
and anything other than what you've been doing. And once you get a good set of, you know, whether it's a recovery program or a rehabilitation facility or, you know, some really deep therapy uh, in-house kind of thing, only then are you willing enough to make a change in your life to bring about a fruitful life. Sure. Yeah, I have heard that. <clears throat> I definitely heard that. Um, I, and I, and you know, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with addiction. I think there's people who get physically addicted and there's people who get emotionally and mentally addicted, you know, physical addiction, everybody gets it. If I took any one of you and uh, locked you in a room and started giving you intravenous morphine every day, higher and higher doses, as soon as I stopped after 30 days, you would all be winning withdrawal. The difference is the addict after the withdrawal of the room of the three P or 10 people, whoever you do that to, the difference is the addict's going to go back, even though he went through the withdrawal, one of the most painful things in your life. So there's a lot of mental behind that, but everybody can get physically addicted. I think it's, it's different layers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, it's scary shit. So you got, you know, you got clean, um, for people, those that don't know you, your wife, Kelsey is on, on Twitter also, you know, you mm-hmm. find Kelsey, you just adopted her daughter. Well, your daughter now, um, mm-hmm. had your own son. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, you're, you're doing very well for yourself. And, um, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're clean. I'm glad you're here. So I don't, I, I don't think you can really sh- cut yourself short on that. So. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. And I have to recognize that sometimes I have a hard, I give myself a hard time. That's one of the things of being living that former lifestyle is you're really hard on yourself inside mm-hmm. and the self-esteem isn't always 100% if I'm going to be totally honest with all your listeners. So recognizing that, yeah, my life has come together. You know, I'm, I'm a father. I got two little kids and just think the world of me. And every time I come home, my little daughter, just says daddy and jumps on my lap and gives me the biggest hug. It's like everything that's horrible in my life melts away. Yeah. You know, does it make it easier? Does that make it easier? I, cause I know it's day to day. So does that, you know, having those things, um, it, it, it does, but I'm of the school that I believe that you can recover from this. And by recover, I look at it like, um, people with cancer putting it into remission. It doesn't mean you're cured. It just means right. it's in remission. It doesn't bother you. So to me, if someone were to come up and offer me drugs and alcohol or whatever, and it's happened plenty of times. I've been to concert shows. I've been to places where things like that happen all the time. And it's, I just don't have an interest. It's like black licorice. Like someone oh, can come off you black licorice. And you're like, I, I have no desire to have any black licorice. I'm cool. Thank you. And that's how I feel today. Um, but yes, those wonderful things about my family and everything definitely contribute. If anything, they tell me that I'm doing something right, mm-hmm. you know, that, hey, you are doing okay. Those hard days at work where you're just frustrated and stressed out or uh, whatever. It's like, you know what? You're doing pretty well for yourself. Uh, remember to be grateful. Just right. for the record, um, black licorice is disgusting. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I bet Nick drinks Jaeger though. No, probably. listen. So no, Sambuca, <laughs> Sambuca. I grew up, my family, Italians, they always had Sambuca. That is legit. It's liquid black licorice. Disgusting. Gross. Sorry. 
Well, sorry. While, while we're talking about uh, while we're talking about recovery, <laughs> while we're talking about, about you, <laughs> while we're talking about black or licorice, let's talk about your uh, your life on Twitter, Dan. You post a okay. lot of uh, <laughs> you post a lot of food pics, and I want to know if you're a foodie or if you're just doing that for the likes, and if you're eating all that food that you're showing us. What's going on with your food pics? Okay, so it's about 50-50. 100% I'm a foodie. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, when you, when you can't get out there and get drunk and party with people, like you're eating some food. Like yeah, that's right. what it boils down to. <laughs> sure. Um, so I am definitely a foodie. Now, um, not all of those foods I have eaten. Sometimes I find them on Instagram. I find LA local type stuff. I'm not great at taking photos. Some of the, um, half of the things I have eaten, most of those things are on a list to eat. So right now, because of the baby, me and my wife are on a big downtime. Uh, you know, we have our date nights or whatever, but it's just kind of like relaxing and trying to get ourselves back to, you know, 100% after a busy work week. But what we used to do is every week we'd go to a new restaurant. Every week we'd try something out new in LA or some new dish. And, you know, I got her involved in like oysters and things like that, yeah. oyster shooters, um, bone marrow, with like the, the, the bread. I don't know why that's coming to my mind right now. Um, and, and so we are definitely foodies. Um, I do, like I said, I do add all those, the ones I haven't had to my list. And those are things that I will be going after when we have a chance or when we're in the neighborhood. Cool. Tell me a little bit about tacos out there. Tacos are what <laughs> California is all about, bro. I've had some of the best fish tacos. I've had some of the best fish tacos ever in San Diego. Did you? Yep. So it's interesting you say that. My two favorite spots, um, well, maybe three. <laughs> There's a place, uh, I'll just stick with the two. There's one called Best Fish Tacos in Ensenada. It's in, uh, and they, they've won like every taco award that's ever tacoed, I guess. Cool. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's a simple menu. It's three different tacos. It's shrimp, fish, and potato. And that's it. And you just order it and they make it right in front of you. Um, yeah, my other favorite one is kind of a hipsterish type place. It's called Hugo's Tacos. Um, it's local by me. It's delicious. Um, I love the El Pastor. Yeah, yeah. nice. Cool. <laughs> I like El Pastor yeah. as well. Um, if you are ever in town, I will take you to all these places. Man, I would love On that. On my way. Yeah, for sure. Love to spend some time with you in real life. You're a cool guy. I appreciate just gonna, I just would like to meet Kelsey. Thanks. <laughs> just put that She's going to get so many follows from this. <laughs> We're not going to take her, Dan. We're just going to take you. Sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> um, okay, the last thing we kind of want to touch on here is your tech background. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, you know, you're a systems admin, I believe, right? In healthcare? Correct. And. Correct. You say on your Twitter bio that you're a major geek. What's the geekiest mm -hmm. thing you can share with us that you've ever done? I don't know if this would be geeky or it depends on you who you ask. I'm either a loser or a geek. <laughs> Jesus. Depending on some of these the, these stories. Um, <laughs> I, I thought of a few. So there was one where I Google well, Google wasn't around yet. I'm saying it. Google's now a search term, but I, I had found uh, in uh, an article about freaking that's with a ph where you can 
Uh, that's where Dirty Dan like, comes. <laughs> that's where Dirty Dan comes in. He comes and freaks you good. Um, <laughs> where you uh, where you can mess with um, you know telephones and, and, and uh, you know RJ eleven cables and all that stuff and like mess with the phone system basically in Ma Bell back in the day. And so I built uh, what I believe was called a red box where you could walk up to a pay phone and press the button and it would play the sound of quarters and the phone would register it and you could make free phone calls. What? Dang, what? And uh, let's see what other, another thing I used to do is if I got bored, I'd download math problems and do them just for the hell of it. And all right, that's pretty my, geeky. My first party, um, they invited me to a party, a bunch of friends, and I brought my computer because I thought I was going to play video games with it at the party. <laughs> wow. I'm serious. Uh, yeah. like, they're they're so like waiting. See. Is there more? No, that was it, guys. That was pretty geeky. That was, so. Is that not enough? <laughs> no, that's pretty. Oh, that's, that's pretty that's geeky. Good. I mean, had you Major. not. Been, <laughs> had you not talked about your story at the beginning of the interview, I would totally think you're just like a major nerd. I am. I am. There's actually a Venn diagram about that. Being a geek, a nerd, or a dork, or a dweeb. Um, and, and the geeks uh, hold on the intelligence and um, the obsession part. Dorks have social ineptitude. An obsession and dweebs are intelligent but socially inept. Well, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just I just took it to another level. Yeah, I? you did. Interview's I'm over. Sorry. Mind exploded. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you see as a guy that's in the you know IT technology stuff? Where do you see IT going? And you know, like it plays such a big part in our lives anymore. For instance, the place I worked a couple weeks ago, um, our, we lost power and we literally couldn't do anything because everything we do is on the computer. So, you know, I'm, do you think we are relying too much on this, on technology? Uh, in my personal opinion, um, I think it's gotten to that point um, to be totally quite honest. It, because you see these new addictions and these, you know, coming from somebody with an addictive personality who finds has a hard time putting his phone down, you see these new addictions and this reliance on the on on on, um, on your cell phone, on social media, on likes, on retweets, on you know engagement and being an influencer, and then all of a sudden we're losing connections with each other, you know. In terms of from a professional level. Oh, it's got a long way to go. I mean, um, there's so much that the tech world is going into. I mean, obviously, blockchain, where all of us kind of met around the cryptocurrencies, space, machine learning, the Internet of Things, quantum computing, robotics. Um, all these things are still on the horizon, you know, um, augmented reality, virtual reality. And these are all very cool things. But we as a society, yes, we are very reliant on all things technology. And it's the people that aren't seem to be the most at peace with themselves that I've noticed who aren't so reliant on technology. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that as our kids see the big social experiment is our kids growing up are always seeing their parents on their phone. 
you know, the babies and the children and, Mm -hmm. and they're always looking at the phone and they're not getting the attention that they need. So where are they going to get that attention from as they grow up? Um, And I also believe that we're kind of as a society and, and humans, we evolve with this technology. So when you evolve with something and then let's say all of a sudden technology's gone, big electromagnetic, whatever, it's like some, if you evolve with a third leg and you used, you know, you learn to use it and it got ripped out. What are you going to, how are you going to you know, function? Um, you can't be like entirely dependent on technology to do what you do every day. And sometimes it's hard for people, but putting your phone away, getting off the internet, getting off of the TV and having a screen in front of you all the time is one of the healthiest things you can do for your uh, sanity as an IT person, I love it. I, I love technology. I get obsessed with it. I get hyper-focused on it. When things go down, when things break, I'm always like hyper-focused and fixing it. But I see like people getting stupider, you know? Yeah. People mm-hmm. expecting. <laughs> it's, it's bad. People, people are expecting, you know, at work, it's like, oh, well, the browser didn't save my password, so I forgot it. It's like, all of a sudden, now you're relying on technology uh, yeah. to remember your own password. And I can't tell mm-hmm. you how often that happens and how bad that is. That's just yeah. a simple example. Damn. So, yeah. First, let me yes. ask you this. When someone calls you with a problem, is the first thing you say to them, have you restarted your computer? Hell yes. It is really. Why? Oh, yeah. Every time I call IT, I'll be, "Hey, so and so program isn't working." It's every single time. Have you restarted your computer? Well, it's that's like, first. We first we got to ask, like, okay, what's going on, and then whatever, and then did, when you tell us ninety percent of the time, when you tell us what it is, something it is, it's usually an application or a system error or something that's acting funky. Insane. A good restart will always, almost always, fix it. You okay. know. Um, right. if I'll, I'll stop complaining on, about it. it. It does it work? I'm not going to answer that because <laughs> it works. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, tell you this. So I created. There was one time because people were getting upset about these. Have you restarted your computer things? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I created a little script once, and all it does is ask simple functions, like it's a command line thing. It does like an IP config all uh, route print, and it basically just throws these walls of benign text across the screen. And then at the very end, there's an instant reboot command. So what I would do is, you know, I'd go, oh, I notice you've been having this problem. The computer's been running really slow. And I copy it to the desktop. And I go, all right, watch, I'm going to run this. This should fix it. It's a maintenance thing. And I'd run it and they don't see what's going on. They just see a wall of text flying by for like 30 seconds. And then the computer reboots. The script doesn't do anything but reboot the computer. But the placebo effect is those people think that Man. the computer is actually running faster. <laughs> that's, that's so funny you say that. Okay, when I was in uh, college, I worked as a teller at a bank. And like we had a remote ATM that you could walk in and balance, you know, because it's Iowa and it's cold. So you could walk in there and check the blah, blah, blah. So I'm in there, a guy with your $200 and he's like, hey, the, the machine didn't give me my cash. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go out there. There's like a reject bin in these ATMs. So I went in there and I saw the $200 in cash. And then, you know, I ver- had already verified that it came out of his account. So the guy that I was with was like, you got to tell this guy something crazy when we get out. So I'm like, all right. So we, I walk out and I hand him his $200 and I'm like, 
oh, Paul, sorry about that. And he's like, oh, that's all right. I go, here's your money. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, you know, I had to reboot the mainframe and then the access wire got tripped when that, so it sparked up. So I had to rewire the main, the main wire. And then I just like went going on and on. And this guy just looked at me so dumbfounded and he's just like, holy cow. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, but oh, anyways, I, I love it. it, it then I beat up of, a gorilla. Was it, was it Harambe? Uh, let's not go down that road. This is Iowa. This is Iowa. Stop. What? Okay. Well, Dan, <laughs> um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. You know, we we appreciate opening up and telling your story. LD, did you have one last question for Dan before we tie up? I did, but it's about his wife. Here. <laughs> okay. So, so Dan, uh, she she's a hairstylist, right? Correct. Does she does she cut your hair? Yes. Does does she give you cowboy haircuts? Uh, if not, she uh, needs to. Uh, yes, she does. I, she, you know. I asked her about that and she said, no, but I do reverse cowgirl. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. What, so what is, so what is a What is a cowboy haircut? And I got to bring it back. Uh, topless. Strad, topless and straddling. You know, <laughs> there's been, there's been some times where. Uh, <laughs> you didn't get the haircut. You just got the cowboy. No, I got both. <laughs> oh, that's a great note to end on for you dan boy, dan so check him out again on twitter it's uh at d one r t y dan give him a give him a follow and uh thanks for everything dan i know you keep the crypto twitter space kind of lighthearted and uh yeah we're cheering for you all the time man so respect sure that that really means a lot i I love all of you and i mean that and thank you very much that we all get to hang out sometime yeah yeah, yes. for sure. Much love, Dan. Cool. Yeah, much love, man. Take care. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. And now that we're done with Dan, let's uh, LD. What have you been rolling through? I've been listening to a few things this week. Uh, first thing is by a guy named Jake Xerxes Fusel. He's a Piedmont style blues guitarist. Uh, plays some old folk songs in a, in a new way. Gives them a kind of cosmic ethereal vibe. That's really cool. His latest album is my favorite. It's one I've been listening to. It's called Out of Sight. Uh, another thing is Swamp Dog, and this came to me from Chunk. A lot of people know him on, on Twitter, even though he has a, a private account. Yeah, he's, he's pretty great. He's, he's very knowledgeable guy. about music. He's knowledgeable yeah. about everything. Yeah, he really is. I've, I've had several conversations with him about just obscure topics, yeah. And, yeah. and he can carry that conversation. So and, this is uh, called Swamp Dog. Yeah, the guy's name is Swamp Dog, and he's old. He's like 77. He's been in the music business a really long time, and he helped launch Dr. Dre's career in the 80s, believe it or not. And uh, Yeah, probably some of our listeners weren't even born and maybe don't know who Dr. Dre is, but he's pretty great. not. My God. You never know. I mean, some of these these people. Yeah, I agree, but you never know. Uh, so anyway, this guy Swamp Dog is uh, kind of an R&B soul artist, and uh, in the classic sense. But he released an album in 2018 that is almost entirely auto-tuned. So he's trying to stay up with the times. Wow! And um, he had a, a fairly popular song called "Lonely" um, that I think just surfaced in 
uh, a Netflix show, maybe High Fidelity. I'm not sure. Mm. Another guy. What's that? Did you just share that on your uh, Twitter? That song? No, I don't think I've shared that this one. You guy. Spotify? No, I don't think so. But I can. Okay. I can tag you. Um, another album or another guy I'm listening to is uh, Medhane. This is some weird rap, and I don't know whether I like it or not. <laughs> um, he does this thing that I don't really like, where he just grunts a lot. <laughs> it's not. It's kind of a low IQ <laughs> sound. Is this dude sitting on the can <laughs> and making music or what? Pretty much. I mean, I, all the songs are less than two minutes long, so you can fly through this thing. And I, I've got to give it. A, a couple more listens before I know whether I like it. Um, Medhane, that's his name. Album's called Full Circle. And the last one is Babe Rainbow. And this is uh, kind of an experimental electronic outfit from Canada. Got an album called Today. And it sort of sounds like a soundtrack to a surfing documentary. If you ever watched a Surfing videos. <laughs> surfing yeah. Documentary. yeah, yeah. Uh, surfers make these uh, movies and you can watch them surf and they've always got laid back uh, chill vibes playing in the background. Sure. And that's what that's what this is by Babe Rainbow. So if you're trying to relax or get surf. laid, you know, oh. <laughs> surf, get laid if get you're laid, in the mellow babe, sex. Babe Rainbow. <laughs> babe Rainbow. That's it. Dale's right. writing that one down. Love. I've got some good tunes from your music corner, LD, hey. so keep that up. Thank you. Hi, right, so we're going to play a little game here. You know, obviously this is called Live from Iowa. Um, so this game we're playing, it's going to be Nick versus LD, Oof. and it's called Born in Iowa. So every, I'm going to give a name of someone famous, and some of the – you might not know these people, Ugh. but you're going to need to guess. All these people have, have lived in Iowa or, you know, at some point. And so we're trying to figure out whether or not they've been born in Iowa. Make okay. sense? Yeah. Are you going to so, tell us anything about these people? I'll tell you who their name and what they're famous for. Okay. And we're just trying to decide if they were born there. Yep. So we'll, okay. we're going to. If they're got, born and bred or if they were just passing through. Yep. There you go. I like um, it. All right. So pick one or two. Nick, go first. Uh, one. Okay. Yep. That was one. So do you want to go first or second? Um, uh, We've got first. 10 of them. You want to okay. go first? Okay, you ready? Yep. Pretty yep. easy. Kay. Ashton Kutcher. He was Shit. an actor from that 70s show in Punk. Born. Yes. He was born there. Yep. Yes. LD. George Washington Carver. He not is born there. an agriculture scientist and inventor. You said he just, he was not born here? He was not born there. Okay, that's right. Um, Nick, Simon yeah. Estes, famous baritone performer, born or not? Simon Estes does not sound like he is from there. I'm gonna, s I'm gonna say no. He was oh my actually God, I love born in Iowa. <laughs> okay, hey. LD, John Wayne, famous actor, not born there. Uh. <laughs> he was actually born in Iowa. Wow. Dang, Iowa. Um, Wyatt Earp, Nick, Wyatt Earp, a famous Old West lawman, and he's known for the battle at OK Corral. Born or not? Oh, my God. Like, I feel like I would say that I – no, no. Final answer. That's yes. correct. <laughs> Good guess. LD, 
Harry Langdon. He's one of the most famous actors in silent films. Harry Langdon, born or not? Not. <laughs> he was actually born in Ireland. Okay, it's Nick. Terrible. Anna Beth Gish. She was an actress known for the playing on the X-Files and among the other things. Born or not? I want to say um, not. Not? Man, you are killing. <laughs> Holy bless. Score update, three, two, one. Nick uh, is in the lead. Yeah. Uh, okay, LD. Jerry Mathers. He's a famous actor. He was the kid in Leave it to Beaver. Born or not? Not. Dude. <laughs> okay, so funny story about him. Jerry Mathers. So anyone that, and I didn't, I just, this is a story that was passed down to me. So the mom and dad and, and leave it to Beaver, you know, the kid's name is Beaver and he's kind of a hellion. Um, yeah. The dad's name is Ward and then mom's name is June. And I guess June would always say to Ward, he'd be like, geez, Ward, don't you think you're a little hard on the beave last night? <laughs> Oh, funny. (laughs) Or she'd say, Don't you think you're a little hard on the beaver last night, Ward? You (laughs) Okay. June. Back to the game. We got uh, four left. We'll go all 12 since we'll get LD a chance. (laughs) Nick, President Ronald Reagan, born or not? Why why do we have to give him a chance to catch up? Because I make the rules to the game. I'm going to say no. I actually like Ronald Reagan. Not that I don't like people from Iowa. But okay, Jesus. that pretty much seals it up. But So, LD, we'll give you the last three to see if you can tie Nick. Elijah Wood, actor known at from Lord of the Rings, born or not? Born. Okay, George Reeves, he was the first uh, Superman? Born. Oh, shit. And then, you guys rigged this. And then Tiny Tim, he's a mu- <sighs> musician, born or not? Not. <laughs> yeah, you guys totally did that on purpose. Like, I'm gonna give it the last Nick, three. You, you won. I'll give it to you. My God. Good game, Nick. Good game, the Nick. Discrimination. Thanks, guys. So, okay, we'll we'll uh, periodically have games like that, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna end the this episode with our typical hat tip. So, our hat tip this week is to Bikers Against Child Abuse. It's Baca for short. They're an international nonprofit organization that supports their support system for kids suffering from parental abuse. They go to great lengths to protect kids and family from abusive family members, whether that means standing guard at a house 24 seven until the danger has passed or if a, you know, abused child wakes up from a bad dream, a nightmare, they, you know, they can call the, the Baca members and those guys will comfort them and come over there if they need to. And then if, if a child's forced to, to testify at these trials the bikers will escort the child and they'll stand oh with them God. throughout the trial and just kind of make sure that they feel safe uh they give them an honorary you know biker jacket or biker vest and then all it's all volunteer work and all these guys have to uh pass background check and they have to go through training and stuff like that and what's kind of cool is they all adopt or adapt kid friendly biker names. Like some of them are just Pooh Bear and Scooter. So hat tip to uh, Bikers Against Child Abuse. It's a pretty cool organization. So tip our hats. Yeah. That's it's a good awesome. note to end on. Send some positivity for the week. So um, again, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure that you 
subscribe to us on all platforms. Give us a review if you like us. Follow us on um, Twitter if you want. Uh, check Send out our website soon. Send us some questions. So stack those sats, baby. Tip that waitress. Take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Cheers.